Good afternoon and welcome to the Legal Eagle Show. This is your host, Tony Dodds. I'm an attorney here in Lakeland. To call into the show today, the number is 863-682-1430. That's 863-682-1430. To contact me at my office, the number is 863-688-2389. That's 863-688-2389. My office is conveniently located at 904 South Missouri Avenue in Lakeland. That is directly behind the old Southside Dry Cleaners that's on South Florida Avenue. It's the easy landmark to use to be able to get to my office. Um, I Before I start the regular part of the program today, I do want to acknowledge that our Polk County Commission has established November 17 as Polk County's uh, Day of Acknowledgement of the NRA. They're going to call it NRA Day in Polk County. And it's a recognition of 150 years of service of the National Rifle Association in protecting and defending uh, citizens' rights concerning the Second Amendment and as to education concerning firearms uh, and the use of firearms. Uh, The proclamation had been initiated or was initiated by Engage, a a nonprofit organization uh, in Winter Haven, uh, that is also uh, sponsored by the NRA, though. It's a, it's a connected faci- uh, institution. And they had actually contacted the uh, county commission uh, concerning the anniversary of the NRA, and it happens to be the 150th uh, anniversary year since the NRA was established, uh, again, to help protect and defend people's rights as it would relate to the Second Amendment and for firearms education and abilities. So I wanted to recognize that. There is also going to be a, uh, a, a November, I believe it's 7th, but I've got to get confirmation of this, a function to be put on by Engage in Winter Haven. And, yes, yours truly has been invited to speak at that function. Uh, we'll be giving more details as we get closer in time to it. But that will be, and it's not going to be on the 17th, though I think it's on the 7th. But, again, I'll have more information later concerning that in case anybody wants to come to it. Um, and that is a function that would be put on by Engage as well, which is a, a derivative of the NRA. Today we're going to talk about client etiquette and control, and I'm, I'm doing this because I'm seeing more and more, and I'm, I'm witnessing more and more clients uh, of lawyers, not just myself, who don't seem to understand that this is a professional business. Um, I'm not their friend. I'm their attorney, and sometimes those lines seem to get blurred uh, with clients, especially if they've known you before you represent them, and they tend to push or step over boundaries that simply it's inappropriate. And I've addressed this topic before, but it's still more relevant than ever. It might even be worse now than it was the last time I talked about it. And I want to go into specific types of behavior that's just not acceptable and not conducive uh, to either their case being successfully handled or to the successful practice of law itself and how the office has to run. Um, Law offices are not generally a 24-hour service uh, like a convenience store. You know, you go down to your convenience store, a lot of them are open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's why they call them convenience stores. Law offices don't operate that in the way normally. Now, I know some of you are probably going, well, what about this firm or that firm? If you're talking about the firms that are on TV or even on the radio that you hear about advertising 
saying that you can get a hold of us 24 hours a day, well, okay, that's all well and good. Most of those are what we call personal injury firms. Uh, some of those I would go so far as to call, or they would go into that classification of ambulance chasers, and they're chasing business, and they have a budget that is set up to where they can have call services set up to be able to monitor incoming calls that they can then filter those calls uh, to whatever attorney in the firm might be associated with it for them to make the determination of whether a return phone call is necessary. But again, those are in personal injury cases generally. We almost never see it in any type of other case that exists, including contracts, divorces, criminal. It's simply very rare. Uh, Some attorneys have systems set up to where they can get messages and then they can determine whether or not they need to return a call. But generally speaking, most law offices are not 24-hour services. We have normal business hours. The normal business hours at my office are 9 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Monday through Thursday and 9 o'clock in the morning until 1 o'clock Friday afternoon. Now, does that mean we can't change something up if it helps or would work with the client sometimes? Absolutely not. I will modify that or work around people's schedules sometimes. But they have to contact us first to do that. And the reason I'm bringing this up is after hours issues where somebody decides they they take it upon themselves to go or have somebody that they know go to the attorney's house uh, to comment on something that they need to do or that the, the client created the problem and created the emergency, that is completely out of bounds. That is way out of bounds because my family doesn't work at my office. And if I'm not there, it's my family, including my wife or one of my children that might be visiting, that's going to be answering the door. Why any client or their family member or friend thinks that it's appropriate to go to the attorney's home, is it's not. I'm telling you right now, it is stepping way over the lines of an attorney-client relationship. And when a crisis is something that's manufactured by the individual that needs the representation, it is certainly way out of bounds uh, for them to try to interfere with the personal time that we as an attorney and our family have. I'm not a robot. I need downtime from doing what I do. It's a high-stress position. It's one of the highest-stress positions that exists. The mortality rate on attorneys is getting worse because of the amount of stress that we're involved with uh, dealing with the issues of these clients. And to bother us or to contact us when we are in a downtime position or to contact a family member during that downtime It's just completely inappropriate, and it needs to stop. And part of the reason I'm doing this today is if anybody's listening that thinks that that's okay, I'm telling you it's not. And we've got other issues that I'm going to go into in a minute, but that is the worst type of transgression that a client can do. You've been listening to Talk Radio 96.7 and 1430 AM, and I look forward to talking to you more after the break.
Welcome back to the Legal Legal Show. This is your host, Tony Dodds. To call in, the number is 863-682-1430. That's 863-682-1430. To contact me at my office, the number is 863-688-2389. That's 863-688-2389. During the break, we had a caller. Go ahead, caller. Uh, yes, this is uh, James from Auburndale. How yes, are you sir. doing? I'm good. Uh, just a quick question. Uh, ever in your time of traffic uh, of doing your prosecutions or whatever, or defending somebody that you knew without a shadow of a doubt that that person was innocent, and there was a way, or you talk the same language as the lawyers do, that where you know that that other lawyer knows that you have the goods, and he was afraid. Is there... Could you be able to elaborate and knowing that you knew that you ever had a case? You're not talking to third person like this person. Uh, we know that he says that he's innocent. No. Can you ever say, I know for a fact that this guy is innocent? Okay. <laughs> as, a, as an attorney, there are rules about whether I am able to try to personally assert my personal opinion into things. Good point, yes. I'll hang up and listen to your response. Oh, no problem. I, I have to be very careful of a line that I'm not allowed to cross as it would relate to whether or not I believe somebody is guilty or not. Um, and the caller's already gone, but he wanted to listen to the answer, so I'm going to try to give it here. The, the answer to that question is I can advocate on behalf of my client and point out the reasons uh, to the state attorney's office why my client's innocent of what they've been charged with. But to try to personally insert my personal opinion may be stepping over that line ethically as to what I'm allowed to do and not do. And certainly within a trial, I'm not supposed to give my personal opinion on that. Now, I'm not going to tell you that I don't have certain tricks of the trade that I can use to where I can still elicit some of that in the way you present an argument to a jury. You just have to be very careful of how you do it because otherwise you can end up in what's called a golden rule violation, and I'll deal with that whole issue on another show as to what a golden rule violation is. Um, in fact, that may be something coming up in the next couple of weeks I could touch on because it is something that happens occasionally. Um, and I'll try to go into more detail with that, but I hope that answers the question for you is we have to advocate on behalf of our clients, but we have to be careful about putting our personal opinions into it. Um, going back to the topic of the day, which is client etiquette and control, you know, the cardinal rule is you don't show up at your attorney's house. That's just not a that's not the way it works. Um, it, it's a clear crossing of boundary lines between the attorney-client relationship. We have enough stress in our jobs daily. My day tomorrow is atrocious. I've got to be in Clearwater. I've got a mediation set tomorrow morning, and I also have a case management conference. Uh, the mediation and the case management are virtual. I'm going to be conducting them from the parking lot of the courthouse. And then I've got court in the afternoon in two locations in Polk County at the same time. So I have to go to one of them first and then beat feet down Bartow Highway to get to the other one. And it's tough enough doing what we do on a daily grind without having somebody do what they do like that. And so I'm trying to stress to you that we have we are real people. We are humans. We have real lives outside of our practice, and we ask people to please honor and respect that. Uh, law offices are professional practices, or at least are supposed to be. I try to conduct mine in that way. Uh, appearing at my office without an appointment, 
that's a problem because it's disruptive and it's quite frankly rude. When I'm at my office, I have a schedule each day that I go by. I'm either in court or I may be conducting court virtually still because we are still doing some things virtually. We do some mediations virtually. And so there are things that we have on a schedule. I have appointments with other clients that are pre-scheduled. We may have phone appointments. We may have in-person appointments. So for somebody to just take it upon themselves because they see my car, my van parked there or my secretary's car parked there, oh, I'm going to drop in and see what's going on with my case. No, it does not work that way. I am not a walk-in clinic, as you might see with some doctor's offices. You, get, you, you need to schedule a time, and I will be glad to, to entertain whatever issues you have at that point and try to discuss them with you. But do not just show up at my office and think that you're going to be able to see me. Now, it doesn't mean that I don't do it occasionally, but I, the rule of thumb is no, because we're already working on something else, and it's not fair to the other clients that I've got that I might be working on their case. They may have a hearing the very next day or a jury trial the next day, and all of a sudden John Doe shows up at my office and says, i got to meet with you. I've got this important issue. No, it doesn't work that way. You need to call us. We'll set you. If we deem it to be important, and I say we, my secretary, when she's talking to you, thinks it's that urgent, she'll get you in. If it's not that urgent, and it's my urgency, not yours, you can't self-create the urgency. It doesn't work that way. But when we're dealing with it and expecting us just to drop what we're doing, uh, that's going to end up costing you more in money because it's absorb, absorbing more of my time than if you had a schedule time. All of a sudden, we're having to find the file. We're having to maybe ascertain where I'm at with the discussions with either the state or opposing counsel, depending on what type of case it is. I, I, the real problem we've got here is those kind of people that think that's okay to do, they are self-centered and their neediness is just ridiculous. And I attribute it to their lack of parenting to begin with. Otherwise, if people have been parented right, that's one of the steps in the right direction. You have to teach your kids that you don't get to be the center of the universe. If you think you're the center of the universe, we've got 330 million people plus in this country. Sorry, you're not the center of the universe. Yes, you're important to my office. You are Every client I have is important to my office. But that doesn't mean that you get to interrupt some other important clients part of their case because you think you need to be put at the head of the line. Uh, the pro other problems we have with that is TV, social media, and the Internet in general. People today have a real problem with needing instant gratification. And the reason they say, I say that is they can go on the Internet and they can look up stuff real quick, instant gratification. They play video games. They're getting instant gratification. As Lester Woods, my civics teacher from ninth grade, we used to call it, or they watched the boob tube. And that's his words, folks. He called it the boob tube. He was not talking about a part of the anatomy. He was talking about idiot channels, uh, people thinking that that was real life. And it was for brain-dead individuals to watch the boob tube. They're getting instant gratification because they can turn it on and here it is. So they, they think that's part of normal life. Uh, law officers are still driven by people, myself and my secretary, 
my opposing counsels, and the judges. And while relying on computers to file and organize, we can't operate on the turn on of a button and simply provide a result that people want. We're dealing with a legal system. And it's unfortunate that there are a lot of folks out there that, even with the pandemic, I was having clients where we were kicking cases down the road because we had to. At pretrials, there was not much we could do. We could not set it for trial. So it was very hard to push the opposing party to settle a case when they have no incentive to. They're not having to set it. And so clients would call, why isn't my case resolved? Well, you idiot, haven't you looked around? You couldn't even go out to a restaurant for a period of time. And then when you did go, you had to wear a mask at a lot of them. We were in a situation where the whole system did not work at its normal rate, which was still not fast, but was a pretty good system. So what I'm trying to get at is, is now the system is playing catch up. We're getting things caught up. Uh, but I have people that I have to deal with, not just what you think ought to happen on your case. I have to deal with either a prosecutor or another attorney, depending on if it's a family law case or a state attorney's office case through the criminal system. I have to deal with the judge, and I have to deal with getting it scheduled. And there's just a lot of factors that play into that. But it doesn't mean you just get to show up and demand that you're going to be put at the front of the line. It doesn't work that way. Uh, We had about an 18-month period of time where things were kind of slow-moving through the system. Now, I will say the last three months at least, and I I say it was 18 months, probably 15 months, the last three months we've been really accelerating things to get it through the system. Uh, But, you know, what was normally taking six months is now a year or longer just to get it going and get it to be motivated enough to be able to get it through the system. Our judges are really pushing things right now, and that's helping us to resolve issues. And I think we can continue to do that, uh, but it it takes some cooperation of the clients, and they need to understand all of that. You've been listening to Talk Radio 96.7 FM and 1430 AM, and I've got a few more things to go into after the break. Welcome back to The Legal Eagle Show. This is your host, Tony Dodds. To call in, the number is 863-682-1430, Jeez, I'm having trouble myself at this point. 863-688-2389 or 863-688-2389 to get me in my office. We've been talking about client uh, etiquette and control, and I'm kind of going over for everybody out there how not to do things with your lawyer. And I I hate to have to do that, and probably the vast majority of this listening office doesn't need to hear this stuff. But I want you to understand what we're dealing with on a daily grind at times uh, from people that they don't have boundaries, they don't seem to understand the rules. I can tell them the rules up front at my office, and they still don't follow them. And eventually, if some of them push my buttons far enough, I'm no longer their lawyer, and that gives me a basis to withdraw from their case because at that point, I don't feel comfortable representing them anymore, and if they're not going to listen to what I have to say, there's no point in me representing them anymore. Uh, The next thing on my list is calling an office eight times a day. That's a a problem. Once you've been given an answer, I mean, if you don't get an answer, meaning somebody is not answering the phone and you leave a message, 
they're going to call you back. That's what we're in business to do. But we may be dealing with another client's case at that point in time. I might be in court. Uh, there could be an, a number of reasons. Uh, one of the office staff could be in the bathroom at that particular time you're calling. That doesn't mean you get to call seven more times after that. Call and leave a message. We will call you back. Law offices will call you back. They may not call you back as fast as you think they should, but they will call you back. Uh, Calling incessantly doesn't help the situation because all it does is aggravate the actual office staff who's trying to help you. Uh, Once you receive an answer to your question, calling again with the same question isn't going to change the answer. I can't tell you how many times I've answered a call to a client or I've returned a call to a client within the same phone call. I will get asked the same question six times. I give the answer six times. I will hang up the phone after we finish talking, and within five minutes, I get another call back from that same client. And I get on the phone with them again, and they ask me the same question again. And I tell them, I'm not going to change my answer. I don't care how many times you call, because I'm giving you the right answer to begin with. Just because you don't like the answer doesn't mean you get to call me incessantly hoping I will change the answer. It's not going to happen. That's why I'm in businesses to tell you what you should or should not do under a given set of circumstances. So just because you don't like the answer that you got doesn't mean that you get to call me repeatedly thinking you're going to get a different answer. You're being rude at that point, and you're actually not helping yourself with your case. Because at that point, I start wondering if the other side's not correct, that you really are telling a lie, or that you're misleading everybody on what happened. So doing those kinds of things does not help your case. If I've told you what to do, and maybe you don't understand, and I need to tell you one more time, after that, I'm not going to draw you a picture on how this works. I'm going to give you my answer, and that's going to be the end of the discussion. And if you call back and say, well, he's not answering my question, my staff is going to tell you, yes, he is. He's already answered it several times. I was there when he answered it. They, Some people just don't like things the way you answer it because they want you to tell them that the behavior they're exhibiting is okay. I'm not going to do it. The one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you the truth, and I'm going to try to give you the proper advice. If you don't like it, you have a couple of options. You can still do it because it's the right thing to do, or you can fire me and go hire another lawyer who's going to tell you the same thing, and you're not going to like that person. It's unfortunate that we have an entire society these days that is so needy that they think that they've got to keep asking things, hoping they're going to get a different answer. Next portion, do not become hostile with your own lawyer. That's the person that's trying to help you. It's not going to help your case. Uh, If you don't receive a response within the time frame that you think you should have or you don't like the response, it's not a justification for you being hostile towards your attorney or being rude to the staff. Uh, The attitude you present is not going to change the answer, but it could affect the means and the manner in which the answer is delivered. 
I don't have the same patience at 58 years of age that I probably had when I was in my 30s. I do try to be patient with my clients, and I try to hope they will understand. And if I can't deliver it to them in a means by which they will understand, I try again to put it in a different terminology that they can understand. But finally, it gets to a point where they become agitated again because they're not getting the answer that they want to hear. And so they become rude or they become hostile or they will lie at that point and say that I haven't given them the answer. Well, no, I gave them the answer. I didn't give them the answer they wanted to hear. And unfortunately, that is another problem with a certain segment of our population. There's an old adage that you get more flies with honey than with vinegar. Be nice to us. We're going to be nice to you. You're our customer. You're our client. We want to do the service for you. But if you start yelling or screaming because you don't like what you're hearing, that's not going to help you with us. You need to get your attitudes under control, put your attitude in check, and listen. And if you listen, you might ultimately kind of like what you hear. Or at least you're going to get the right answer. Um I have to deal with enough when I'm dealing with the opposing parties, whether they be represented or unrepresented, or dealing with the state attorney's office. I don't need my own client to be hostile towards me. And when they do that, I start wondering if they're not really the root of the problem I'm having to deal with then. Because if they're being rude to me, they obviously probably were rude to the people that that may have made an allegation against them. And so you start really looking and diving into the overall complexity of the problem, they start exhibiting the very behaviors of what they're charged with or why they got charged or why they may be going through a divorce. And you understand where the real problem lies. It's not with the attorney. They're providing the service for the people. It's with the people that exhibit that behavior. People also need to understand, and clients have got to understand, and I've touched on this already, but I'm going to hit it again. The court system and scheduling does not revolve around the schedule of the litigants. Now, it doesn't mean that we can't sometimes, say one of our clients, we've scheduled a mediation, and it's two weeks out, and we get the notice to the client, and the client says, look, I can't do that. I've got a prepaid trip to go out of town Uh, Is there a way we can reschedule it? The answer to that is yes, we can redo things like that. Sometimes stuff, though, is set on a very short notice. I mean, we can be having something set within a week. Um, and, And a lot of people go, well, how are you doing that if the system's backed up? No, there are some things we can get set relatively quickly, especially if there's a cancellation. Well, at that point, the system is not designed for us to have to coordinate mediations and hearings around the client's schedule. It just doesn't work that way. It's done through either the judge's office, if it's a hearing, and the opposing counsel, and my office, or if it's through a mediator, we contact the mediator's office, get dates, and we coordinate it between the opposing counsel and my office and the mediator. I'm sorry about your luck as a client. You are a client in a system that is not pre-programmed to take into consideration all of your problems in life. Now, again, if you've got a prepaid trip, uh, you've got a work-related issue that's an emergency, and and this could come up with even, and I'm just using a hypothetical, 
uh, where somebody works uh, for the electric company or one of the power companies, and there's been a hurricane issue in another area, and they get called as an emergency to go be a crew, those things can cause delays and or reschedulings because of an unforeseen circumstance. And it is an extremely uh, unusual circumstance. But as far as us calling a client to, oh, will this fit into your schedule? No, I'm not doing that. doesn't work that way. And the system is not designed to, to operate that way. We can make some accommodations uh, based on emergencies or illnesses, but the court world itself does not revolve around the party's work or personal lives. Their lives and work has to revolve around the court system. In the big pecking order of things, the court and the court-related services are at the top. The attorney's offices would be next for the scheduling, and the clients are underneath that. Again, you've been talking or listening to Talk 96.7 FM and 1430 AM, and I look forward to talking more about this after the break. Welcome back to the Legal Legal Show. This is your host, Tony Dodds. To call in, the number is 863-682-1430. That's 863-682-1430. To contact me at my office, the number is 863-688-2389. That's 863-688-2389. Conveniently located at 904 South Missouri Avenue in Lakeland, directly behind the old Southside Dry Cleaners. We've been talking about client etiquette and control. And it, that's a fancy terminology for having to deal with clientele and trying to get clientele to understand uh, how the system works and how they need to behave to help the system work. Uh, when they don't act accordingly and based on what I'm talking about on this show, it can throw a real monkey wrench into the whole process and make the whole process much more frustrating for them and to uh, the attorney that's trying to represent them. The, the One of the biggest things I try to stress to folks, and it's not something that I'm saying just for my own personal benefit, but for every attorney out there, is be nice to your attorney and their staff. Yelling at them because you don't like what may be happening at a given time is not going to solve the problem. It may make you feel better because you're venting, but it's not going to solve the problem, and it really can exacerbate uh, the entire problem. If you're nice to them, it will end up easing the stress of the whole situation as it would relate uh, to the entire process. Yes, go ahead, caller. Hey, good afternoon. How are you doing today, Mr. Dodd? I'm good. Yourself? Hey, fair middling, not complaining. Well, that's about all we can ask for. Hey, that's good when you can get by that well. That's right. Um, I was just wondering how are they handling uh, the request for rescheduling regarding COVID and people that are recovering from having it, uh, how much leadway do they give to reschedule pretty much as an average here lately? I can tell you that our system and our judges have been excellent in handling the rescheduling of items. I had a lady that was set for what's called a mandatory docketing on a DUI case, and we got a call, I think it was the afternoon before the man dock, and that's just what we call it, it's just a man dock, but it's mandatory docketing. Uh, it would have been going to trial the following week. And she indicated that she was exhibiting signs of, of COVID and was going to get the test. 
And our response to her was, great, go do that and get us the results of the test, though, as soon as you can. Because some of those are rapid results, some of them are not. But there was no way we were going to get the results that afternoon in time to be able to have them for the court the next morning. I went before the judge and I said, Judge, I apologize that my client's not here, but she contacted us yesterday. She's been exposed to COVID and she is exhibiting the signs of COVID. So she went to get a test yesterday afternoon. The judge said, no problem. Let's reset this for the next mandatory docketing, which I think was five or six weeks out. They understand and they don't want people coming into that courthouse See, at mandatory docketing, you have to be present for that. It's not something that I can waive your appearance for. And so they want people to be there for those hearings, but they also don't want people coming into that courthouse that may be exhibiting a fever or some of the symptoms. In fact, they'll turn you away if you have a fever. And the judges are are excellent about that. They've been absolutely excellent about rescheduling hearings uh, so that, you know, if, if somebody's got symptoms or showing COVID or has tested positive, if an attorney gets it, they've been rescheduling under those circumstances as well. And we have had some attorneys get it. Uh, fortunately, I have never, I've never even had to be tested. Um, I may have had it back in March of last year. I don't know. That would have been early on. Uh, there was probably some symptoms I had at that time. But within a day, I was back to normal, and nobody knew anything different out of it. Uh, but the long and the short of it is is that the system itself and all of our judges have been absolutely excellent about it and 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 really worked with people on rescheduling things uh, if they were tested positive or at least even thought they had COVID and were getting tested for it. Did well, I- how about their leniency in regards to a recovering patient? Okay. Um, having it, but, you know, still with the brain fogs and different things that are side symptoms afterwards. They're working with that, too. Uh, And to tell you exactly specific instances on that, I I can't give you a lot. But if somebody's having problems as a linger, you know, we've had some clients. I had one client on another case that literally had to be hospitalized and was on a ventilator for a few days. And... The, even the other attorney involved on it was very sympathetic, and we kind of put the brakes on everything for 10 days to two weeks that was going on with the case because there was nothing that really could be done. Uh, you, you can't. It seems very heartless on an opposing counsel if they know the person's got COVID, they're in the hospital to try to push the case. And Absolutely. so I, I will tell you that I have not seen any situation where the court pushed a case forward when somebody was either still having the lingering effects or was still under treatment for COVID? Well, you answered my questions, and I certainly appreciate it, and we appreciate your show, too. Oh, I appreciate you calling in, and thank you for listening. Uh Uh-huh. So going back to client contact uh, and, and etiquette and control, Please be nice to your attorney. If you ultimately don't like the attorney or don't like the answers you're getting, you have the ability to terminate that representation and get somebody else. Uh, if, if it's because you don't like the advice you're getting, if that attorney's giving you bad advice, you have every right to go somewhere else. If they're giving you the correct advice and you just don't like it, you're being stupid at that point as a client, and you're not using good sense. And that's just not smart on the part of the client. 
if you call an attorney's office and the attorney's office doesn't answer, but you go to a voicemail, leave a message. When somebody calls my office, well, I called six times yesterday. Well, number one, you shouldn't have called six times. But number two, the first question we ask is, that's interesting. Did you leave a message? Well, no. Okay. Folks, I hate to tell you this, but there's another old adage out there that my crystal ball's in the shop and it's being repaired and probably not coming out anytime soon. I don't have a way of knowing you've called if you don't leave a message. If you will leave a message, you're going to get a return call. It may not be within an hour. It may not be within two hours. But it will be within 24 hours. And the answer is, leave us a detailed message, not six minutes long, but a detailed message within a minute or two that indicates your name, your phone number, and what the issue is. And we will then figure out the prioritization of returning messages. Uh, I don't know if anybody's ever watched the old series MASH, and they called it triage, where they would uh, examine the incoming wounded to determine who needed to be treated first and who could wait a little while. The guy with an intestinal wound is going to get put ahead of a guy with a, a shot in the, in the foot. Uh, and you know, in most circumstances, so somebody that's gotten you know, been shot in the chest or in the stomach is going to be brought into the operating room quicker, generally speaking, than somebody that got a, a shot in the foot, maybe the leg, unless it's a femoral artery, uh, or in the arm. And the reason is because it's a more life-threatening issue. Well, the same thing happens in a law office when you call and leave a message, and say we went to lunch and we come back and there's four messages. We get those messages and we prioritize the return of the call based on what is the most urgent and the which one has the biggest problem that needs to be immediately addressed. We get to figure that out because we're the ones that are experienced enough to know how to do that. If you don't leave a message, how am I supposed to know that you've called? I, I mean, that's just not rocket science, folks. So when you call the next day and I called six times and nobody answered the phone. No, that's why we have a answering service that goes to where you can leave a message and we can determine the prioritization. My secretary may have been on the phone to a judge's office when you called trying to schedule a hearing for somebody else. Or she may have been on the phone with another attorney's office trying to get discovery figured out for a trial the next day. There are a multitude of reasons why she might not be picking up the phone at the exact time that you call. But if you don't leave a message, there's no way we're going to know that you called. I don't, I'm not, I don't have telepathy on something like that. I'm not a mind reader, and my crystal ball is still in the shop. It's never coming out because I can't figure those things out. We only know that you've called if you leave us a message, make it succinct, and what that means is, Short enough that we can figure out what's going on. If you leave a six-minute message, guess what's going to happen after about two minutes? We're going to know who you are and hopefully the phone number. We're going to delete the message at that point and go to the next one. Because otherwise, we're wasting time listening to you rambling on and on. Leave a quick message that tells us what the problem is, and we will then return the call as quickly as we can. Client control we have to control clients or we cannot do our business. And I hope everybody understands that. If you don't, then you need to get a life and understand it.
It's just like any other business. It's been a pleasure talking to you this afternoon. You've been listening to Talk Radio 96.7 FM and 1430 AM, and I look forward to talking to you next week.